From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, the Lord's name be praised. Friends, welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. It is an absolute joy to welcome you here today, whether you are here in our sanctuary or joining us from home. It is a delight always to be worshiping our God alongside you today. If you are present here in our sanctuary, there is a red familiar folder in your pew. We would invite you to note your presence with us, fill that out, and if you are visiting with us, we would love if you would include enough information in there so that we can follow up with you uh, following your time here today. We are so grateful again to be with you and welcome to worship. I want to thank you specifically and personally for your care and concern for my family uh, this past week. We are feeling well, we are COVID-free, but we did not want to take any chances with our church family last week. And so thank you for your care, your love, and for your patience. Um, we will pray that health continues for us and for all of us. I have some 
outstanding news to share today, which I am really excited to share. Many of you have inquired about our formal pa former pastoral intern, Molly Ramsey. Last Sunday, by unanimous vote, Molly was welcomed as the pastor of Point Pleasant Presbyterian Church in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. She wanted me to be sure to tell you she wore the stole. Oh, you, she might be watching later. You can clap for her. She wore the stole that you all gifted to her, and she did that purposely because she wanted to, to bear into that new place a, a congregation she knew was loving her and caring for her and continuing to pray for her. So a delight that we are excited for Molly and for this next chapter for her. And I feel sure if you would like to send her a note, you can probably track down that address online. Again, Point Pleasant Presbyterian Church. She will be their new pastor beginning September 1st. Friends, it is always a joy to worship our God, but it is an, a particular joy to worship our God together. And so as we open our hearts and minds today to God's presence in this place, please join me in our call to worship as it's printed in your bulletin. Please stand. Come all who are thirsty, says Jesus our Lord. Come all who are weak, Taste the living water that I shall give. Dip your hands in the stream, refresh body and soul, drink from it, depend on it, for this water will never run dry. Come all who are thirsty, says Jesus our Lord. Let us worship God together. Please remain standing and join us in singing hymn number 41, O Worship the King, All Glorious Above.
Please be seated. Our maker, our defender, our redeemer, our friend. Our God knows our shouts of joys and hears our confessions with tenderness and mercy. So let us approach our God and confess our sins using the responsive prayer of confession as it is printed in your bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. God of mercy, hear the prayers of your thirsting people. For every time we have attributed your miracles in our lives to our own hands alone. Forgive us, we pray. For every time we promise to trust you, but turn to our own way when your response did not come soon enough or in the way we expected. Grant us mercy, O God. For the many opportunities that extend forgiveness that we have refused, show us what it means to love again, dear Lord. For each way we put our own understandings above your wisdom, for each time we resist your command to be reconciled with those who believe differently from us. Direct us in the way of peace, we pray. For our silent sins, our quiet acts of violence, and our indifference to the suffering around us, forgive us, loving one, and quench our thirst with your grace. Remake us into vessels of tenderness and compassion. For Christ's sake, we pray. Jesus says, Those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of living water. And so, having been washed in that living water, let us rejoice together and proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Please rise and join together in singing the Gloria Patri. Friends, the peace of Christ be with you. Thank you, and also with you. Keep in mind, for those of you who are new to our sanctuary today or new with us online, we have been offering the peace of Christ without shaking hands, which is what we would normally want to do to extend hospitality. So we are offering American Sign Language, the peace of Christ be with you, and also with you. Share signs of peace with one another. Peace of Christ. I'm getting faster at it every week. Peace of Christ, Justin. Also with you.
invite any young friends forward for a time for young disciples. Come on down. Come on down. It is good to see you, Dorian. It's great to have you with us. Hello. You can have a seat right there. That's a seat right there for you. Hello. Well, it's good to see you. All right. I'm glad that you're here because you're going to help me because we have a, a Bible story today. And the Bible story is pretty long and it's kind of confusing. So I brought something that can help us understand the story. Let me see if you can figure out what I have here. I have a picture. I have a picture. There's a lot of pictures of this Bible story that we're going to read later, but this is one of them. And on the, in the Bible story, just like in this picture, there is a man, Jesus, right? You could see him. And there's a woman, right? You see that? She's carrying some jugs for water, right? And there's a well here, okay? And in that well is water. And what, what the woman is doing, she's going to get water and putting it in these cups and jugs at the well. And so Jesus sees this woman, and he goes to talk to her. But you'll notice here that the woman is kind of astonished. Her mouth is open. She's surprised that Jesus is talking to her. Because they're, back then, in that time, they weren't really supposed to talk to one another. They have a lot of differences. Jesus is from a different place than this woman. They're, they're kind of like rivals. Also, Jesus wasn't supposed to Men weren't supposed to talk to women by themselves, okay? And so she's surprised that Jesus is talking to them. But Jesus is kind, and he's asking this woman to be friendly with her. And she's kind and friendly to him back, even though they're different from one another. And Jesus asks, he tells this woman about God, and she is so convinced by Jesus' friendliness and kindness and his words about God that she goes back and tells her friends about Jesus and God and she tries to be like God and like Jesus because of what Jesus said. This is a story of discipleship. It, discipleship is to follow Jesus and to follow God. And so we're going to try to do that this week, to try to be like the woman and to be kind and friendly and listen to Jesus and listen to God. And we're going to try and do that this week and in weeks to come. Okay? All right. Well, let us pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you for all your followers. And we pray that you help us follow you too. Amen. Well, it's great to see you. You can head back to your grandfather back there, and he's going to do time for music. Glad you were here with us. As we approach a time now for the hearing of Scripture, let us prepare our hearts and minds in prayer. Let us pray. God, whose wellspring of life and love knows no bounds, 
Touch our individual and collective spirit this day. Speak to our worries, our joys, our concerns, and help us heed your word in the days to come. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Our scripture passage this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 1 through 29. Listen for the word of the Lord. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John, although it was not Jesus himself but his disciples who baptized, He left Judea and started back to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired by the journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, 
and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left the water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together again. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. And to that end, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A friend of mine was in a preaching class years ago with one of our favorite preaching professors. An incredibly gifted Baptist preacher and professor, Dr. LaRue could turn even a syllabus into an eloquent, fiery sermon in two minutes flat. Now one day, Dr. LaRue was teaching, which turned very quickly into preaching. The spirit was moving. He was getting fired up. We were on the edge of our seats, and suddenly... Suddenly, mid-sermon, he turned to my friend in the second row and said, Oh, I know you. Oh, I know you. And the room held its collective breath. Was this part of the sermon? Or was my friend about to get a taste of the fiery side of Jesus? Oh, I know you. You're the server from Olive Garden. You gave me extra breadsticks. God bless you. Now, when you're preaching the gospel, and he picked up right where he was without missing a beat. My friend became famous as the server from Olive Garden for the rest of his time at seminary. Oh, I know you. Oh, I know you. I, I know you. Has anyone ever said those words to you? Oh, I know you. They are words that can fill us, empower us with good feelings very quickly or make us feel miserable in a matter of seconds. Oh, I know you. I know you. You're Pam's best friend from college. She raves about you. 
Oh, I know you. you. You scored the winning goal. Congratulations. Oh, I know you. you. You gave that wonderful speech at the company dinner last year. Oh, I know you. You're the one who's been taking my seat every Sunday. Oh, I know you. You're the one who got kicked out of school. You're the one whose, whose husband was in that terrible accident. I know you. You're the, one, you're the one who walked out on his wife. I know you. You're the one who got that DUI after the Christmas party. You're the one who... Fill in the blank. Oh, I know you. They are words that can send us spinning joyfully into new and beautiful connection. They are words that can make our stomachs sink when we don't know how the sentence is going to end. They are words that can fill us with shame as someone remembers and retells our worst moments. The worst version of ourselves on display for the world, the mistakes we've made that we'd rather forget. Oh, I know you. In his own way, Jesus makes a similar claim upon the Samaritan woman who we meet at the well today. He's surprising her with his knowledge of her past and her history, things that no stranger should ever have known about her. Oh, I know you. I know you. And before we get too far down the road, let me be clear, and Alex mentioned this a little bit earlier, it is unthinkable what Jesus is doing today. It, it is unimaginable, Can, does not even fall in a category because it would never happen. It is unimaginable that he is even speaking to this woman in the first place. And that's a fact that later in the text is confirmed when the disciples are astonished to find who he's speaking to at the well. This nameless woman is initially very puzzled, perhaps frightened, that he, a Jewish man, seeks a conversation with her, a Samaritan woman. Because without question, Jesus is crossing two major social boundaries to do this. First, Jews and Samaritans, they do not interact. There's a long-standing, there are long-standing theological disputes, long-standing disputes about worship. They live their lives entirely separate from one another. They do not interact. And secondly, a man would never, ever, ever engage a woman in a conversation like this. Ever. But if we've learned anything about Jesus, it's that he's not known for following the rules, and so he persists. Having the longest conversation documented in Scripture with a stranger, a nameless woman at the well, and he asks her for a drink of water. For a little while, there's this back and forth between them. The Samaritan woman, stunned that this is taking place at all. Jesus, continuing to pursue the conversation against all social conventions or expectations. And though the conversation begins with talk of the water in the well, Jesus shifts the conversation 
and the woman's imagination to living water. Water that only God can provide. Now at first, she can't get beyond the literal, like Nicodemus in the chapter before. She's trapped by her own understanding of how the world works. She isn't thinking in the kind of metaphor or, or symbolic tone that Jesus is using to teach and reveal God's work. She's very confused, but the more this stranger, the more this Jewish man, the more he talks about living water, the more curious she becomes. Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. We'll go call your husband and come back, Jesus replies. The woman answers him, I have no husband. Oh, I know you. Oh, I, I know you. You are right in saying you have no husband because, because I know you. Jesus replies, you're the one who has had five husbands. And the husband you're with now isn't even your husband. I know you. Over the years, many scholars have argued that this nameless Samaritan woman at the well must be a, a prostitute, a sinful, wanton woman full of shame and disgrace and sin. And yet, many others have argued that perhaps she is simply a victim of her station in life, perhaps unable to bear children and thus dismissed by a spouse or perhaps widowed, maybe more than once, and perhaps then was forced into a Leverite marriage where a childless woman is forced to marry her deceased husband's brother for the sake of an heir. Because she wasn't worthy of anything without it. And in that situation, she would not have always technically been considered that brother's wife. So it turns out there are any number of ways one might imagine this woman's story as tragic rather than scandalous. Sometimes in this text we get stuck in the scandal, but, but regardless, regardless of the details of her personal life or how she got where she was, hers was absolutely a life that had been filled with pain and shame over the years. In fact, because, I'd be willing to bet, that because of the shame that followed her around, Jesus was likely not the first person to stop her somewhere and say, Oh, I know you. Oh, I know you. But Jesus was the first person to utter those words who seemed wholly unfazed by her life up unto that point, wholly unfazed by her life and history. I know you. Jesus makes no attempt to shame or judge her. Rather, he, he expresses intimate knowledge of her pain, the rejection, loss, vulnerability, Im impermanence that she has had to endure. He sees her, all of her, 
Oh, I know you. I know everything about you. I, I know everything you have ever done. And this living water, it's still for you. And this is a water that will never run dry. Oh, this is a water that once you've had a taste of it, you will never thirst again. Because this water tastes like grace upon grace being offered when you don't deserve it. This water pours over you like peace in the midst of chaos and fear, a peace that passes all understanding. This water will shower hope upon you when the world is so upside down you don't recognize it anymore. This water, this living water, it will bathe you with forgiveness when you have done nothing to earn it. This water will say again and again, Oh, I know you. I know you. I know everything you've done, and I still love you. I love you with a love so deep, so broad, so wide, that nothing on this earth could separate you from me. As Dr. Anna Carter Florence puts it, when the woman comes to this startling recognition that she also knows the man before her, oh, I know you, you are the Messiah, she leaves her bucket behind. The task she had been at the well for in the first place, she leaves her bucket behind. She runs to the village with the news, come and see, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done, she cries. But notice, notice how unfinished that sentence feels when you consider her history. When you consider where she's come from, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did and loved me anyway. And loved me anyway. She does not say the last four words, but they are implicit in her action and the joy with which she runs. Come and see a man who knows everything about me and everything I've done and loves me anyway. And as Alonzo Johnson fiercely and boldly proclaims, like the woman at the well with Jesus, we, we who are touched by her story, are moved by her story, are tasting the living water that Jesus provides us. We are called not to hold that living water in our own buckets, but to be that water out in the world, seeping relentlessly into dry and parched places. This woman exemplifies what it is to know the Messiah, to be known by the Messiah, leaving her bucket behind and going to tell the good news of God's love and God's peace and God's mercy. Come and see. 
Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did and loved me anyway. He is the Messiah. I'll close today with this. If you're familiar at all with the movie The Apostle, starring Robert Duvall, or even if you're not, I would encourage you to go home and Google the soundtrack. It's an incredible soundtrack, and within it are a collection of songs and hymns, all determined to share the love of God. But there is one song in particular that tells the story of our text today. It's called There Is a River. And the chorus goes like this. Join me if you know it. There is a river and it flows from deep within. There is a fountain that frees the soul from sin. Oh, come to this water. There is a vast supply. There is a river that never shall run dry. Oh, I know you. Oh, I know you. I hope, I hope the people say, Oh, I know you. You're the, you're the one. You're the one who can't stop talking about that living water. Tell me, tell me, where, where might I come across something like that? May it be so. Amen.
Amen. Beloved church, trusting in the good news that we are known, please stand and join me in affirming what we believe using the words of a brief statement of faith. Together, let us state what we believe. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. Jesus proclaimed the reign of God, preaching good news to the poor and release to the captives, teaching by word and deed and blessing the children, healing the sick, binding up the brokenhearted, eating with outcasts, forgiving sinners, and calling all to repent and believe the gospel unjustly condemned for blasphemy and sedition, Jesus was crucified, suffering the depths of human pain and giving his life for the sins of the world. God raised this Jesus from the dead, vindicating his sinless life, breaking the power of sin and evil, delivering us from death to life eternal. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. As you were able, please remain standing and join together in singing hymn number 81, Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken.
be seated. Beloved church, we come now to a time for prayer. So let us bring all that we are to our God. Let us pray. God, whose greatness is from everlasting to everlasting, we know that we can come to you with our prayers of both joys and sadness. So hear the words we whisper from our hearts and bellow from our souls. Our prayers of gratitude and supplication we have this day. We give you thanks, O oh God, for the little miracles this week in conversation that brought forth energy or a smile from a friendly stranger. These little acts that trickle down a hill and grow together into a steady stream of your goodness. We give you thanks, O oh God, for the ways you continue to guide us in faith and love, even without our knowing, like groundwater silently collecting at the bottom of a well, ready for whenever it is called upon to drink and restore. We give you thanks, O God, for your abundant transformation in our midst, like a wellspring of water that bursts forth from the ground and never runs dry. Continue to guide our eyes and tune our ears to the mastery of your handiwork, our wonderful God. God, whose goodness knows no bounds, we Hold on to your light as this past week dark clouds of difficulty hung over our heads. We pray to you, O Lord, for people stuck in Afghanistan and those now dispersed all over the world. We grieve as a nation for the loss of life in this war. We fear for the treatment of women in its aftermath. And we pray earnestly that our Afghan siblings may find some semblance of your peace and security. We pray to you, O Lord, for our planet and its inhabitants around the globe affected by its warming and disasters. We pray for Haitians recovering from devastating earthquakes. We pray for people fleeing fires across the world. We pray for people bracing for a hurricane even on our shores close to us in New Jersey and New England. May you give them and all of us reprieve from the destruction and give us solutions to these global problems. We pray to you, O Lord, for the prayers of this body, this congregation, for those of us who are grieving, for those of us who are weary, for those of us who are facing the uncertainty of our lives and of our time. Guide us to your well of rest and rejuvenation for all of our journeys ahead. 
God, whose spirit fills us and renews us each day, surround us in our prayers and lead us on our actions moving forward. Lift our heads to new horizons, guide our tongues to tastes of your joy, saturate our souls with your eternal character that lives on outside us, within us, and through us every day. Help us to hear and to know and to be those words you say to us with love and grace. I know you. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. My friends, as a people who have tasted that living water, may we be a people who take it into the world, to the dry and parched places needing it most. May those who encounter us say again and again, oh, I know you. I know you. You're the one who knows about that living water. Will you tell me more about it? May we be those people marked by God's water in the world. And as we go, my friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those you are called to love, this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen.